Welcome to the podcast, People More Interesting Than Me. I'm your host, Michael Strumsky. Today, we have the honor of speaking with Maya Bailey, an accomplished tattoo artist, painter, and entrepreneur. Maya is widely recognized for his skillful and intricate tattoos in Atlanta, which have been featured in numerous publications and on various platforms, including the television show Ink Master. Beyond his impressive artistic abilities, Mai is also a dedicated community leader in Atlanta, using his platform to advocate for social justice issues and support local organizations. His commitment to giving back and empowering others has earned him accolades and respect, not just in the tattoo world, but in the broader community as well. In this episode, we will dive into Maya's journey as an artist, his philosophy on tattoos as a form of self-expression, and his thoughts on the intersection of art and activism. Enjoy. Your background is amazing, can I say? Like, oh, I, thank you. I, and there's two things that I learned about you through all my research. And one of them was, you don't look bad in any hats. I don't know if that's a huge compliment to you, but <laughs> Thank like, you, man. I don't know if it's like, you know, the newspaper hat. I don't know what they call it. Like newspaper. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's my I've other all, hat I like to wear. Yeah. I've always tried to pull that off and I've never been able to pull that off. And I feel like people who do, they're just on a different level. Like I, uh, I can't do it. You look good in a fedora. <laughs> I, 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 I don't think I've ever thought that to a person before, but. And then you're just a complete open book. I, I've never seen you really pause when you're kind of just telling your story. You know uh, thank I mean? you. Try to be transparent as possible. See, that's that's the best word for it. Yeah. yeah. How was your day? I mean, Monday back. I mean, yeah, man, it, it feels good. I just left. I just had two meetings. Um, so I'm now I'm doing an interview. <laughs> there you go. And, and you do that every Monday, right? Yeah, I do them on Monday. Try to keep them all kind of concentrated on one day so i got the rest of the day to you know the rest of the day to create art let's talk about how where you started so you started in Asheville, right yeah i started in Asheville, north carolina man and uh i, I left when i was 19 yeah it was rough <laughs> it was rough up there man it wasn't a lot of opportunity so yeah I moved to Atlanta in 94 and it was on man and the main reason you left well the main reason you went to atlanta was was it the music scene is that what i saw or yeah it was the music scene for well i got in trouble and you know that was one of the things i got in trouble with the law and it was one of the things where like i could and i got in trouble at atlanta around the same time because i was visiting doing some dumb stuff and it just happened to be atlanta was the place that I, I needed to be and the music industry was there so i was like maybe i can help cultivate an art scene or try to join one but when i got here it wasn't really an art scene here mm-hmm. so i was thinking like hey man the music scene is here so it could be art scene too so me and my friends just was consistent you know mm-hmm. you know yeah. like kind of help build it up no that's awesome and you're such a big like community leader in atlanta but you're not actually from atlanta that's that's amazing that's like uh that's like yeah. winning the World Series and you are uh, in the opposing like teams dugout. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, 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 yeah. I love it here, though. I mean, I fell in love with Atlanta when I was a teenager and it seemed like this Atlanta opportunity can be anything you want it to be. So 
I don't know. I love this city, man. No, that's good. And I got and, and I got experience all the freak nicks, you know. Yeah. No, so that makes like, sense. Yeah, it was it was. I fell in love. So you, I mean, you're you started as a tattoo artist. Just a quick question before I forget: Have you ever yeah. delved into music? Because that's one thing I know you've delved into film. You're big into film. Yeah. Yeah, not me personally. I did like um executive produce a mixtape back in the nineties. Okay. And you know, but that was it. I'm not really and I helped manage some rappers back in the nineties. Okay. But okay. I'm not into like I don't have any musical talent that I know of. I like music, I know music, but I don't think I can create it. I haven't tried. <laughs> yeah. I mean, that's just one more thing you can do. Just add it to no, add it to your like list. I don't like people. I don't like people staring at me, looking at me, man. I don't think that's my thing. <laughs> that, is that why you do podcasts? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it it looks easier. <laughs> so when you moved to Atlanta, I think I saw that you started tattoo tattooing back in Asheville, and then you moved to Atlanta, and that, and you still, I guess, you stepped it up a little bit, right? Yeah, yeah. The first person I tattooed when I moved here was Usher. Usher, really? Before he was like, yeah, Usher was my first tattoo client. He was my first guy I tattooed when I moved here. That's awesome. Yeah, man. So it was like, oh, wow. And it was like, this kid, man, he going to be a star. You know what I'm saying? Then he just came out with his music video, and he, and he showed my tattoo in his music video. And I was like, oh, man, and everybody back home saw it in the hood. And I became like a hood star, you know, the hood celebrity. Uh, and it was well, home. What was that like once that happened? Was it like a sudden, like, click? in like a week or was it like a like a slow it was, explosion no nah, it was it was pretty quick it was pretty quick when i got to atlanta it was like everything was just back to back to back you know like i had did this artwork like uh left eye she was doing this she was like doing a group and i got in contact and i did some like concept sketches and drawings for her for a logo and usher was a tattoo first client so it was like Everybody, it was just like I was just linking up with a lot of people in the music industry. That's awesome. Then I linked up with Patchworks Recording Studios, and that's when I really opened my world opened up. You know, I got to see everybody in there recording albums. Goody Mob record, uh, Goody Mob was recording Soul Food. Outcast was doing AT Aliens. Everybody was in there, man, and I got to experience some of this stuff firsthand. You know, UGK. That's, that's awesome. It was, it was amazing, man. And. What, when did you make the step up from your your homemade uh, tattoo machine to like a an actual name brand? So I was getting in some trouble, man, and um, I was getting in some trouble, and, and this OG from back home ended up <laughs> getting me my first tattoo machine, so I could kind of stay out of trouble. To say that, you know, mm -hmm. <laughs> I was getting a lot of stuff, man, and I just needed to upgrade it, and I needed a little help, and. Man, it wasn't for him, man. I wouldn't be, you know, it was a lot. It was a lot of like hustlers from back home that kind of got a piece of equipment for me. You know, like mm -hmm. every like every hood was given, give me a piece of equipment, and it was awesome, man. People really believed in me and, and supported me. Like I never had the lack of support, you know. Yeah, yeah. It was just you know, I just never thought of it. Like I always, everybody was told me I was going to be some a big artist or something. Everybody like you can be an artist, man. You can be an artist. You can do so much. So it was like, I didn't believe in myself as much as everybody else did at the time, you know? So what made you keep on going then? The people. Yeah, it was the people, man. It was the people telling me to keep going, you know? Yeah. I wanted to be a boxer. <laughs> how, how long did you want to be a boxer for? 
I don't know, man. I wanted to be a boxer, and then I went to a stage where I wanted to be a makeup special effect artist for horror movies. So, you know, like, I love horror movies back in the 80s. You know, like the Toxic Avenger and all those cheap trauma uh, yeah. movies back in the days. I wanted to do those type of movies and special effects, you know? Yeah. And then, and I like boxing, but, then, you know, the streets came. You, get you still can. Third. Maybe not the boxer. I wouldn't recommend that. No, nah, right I now. wouldn't do that. I'm too, old, I'm too old to be a boxer right now. No, I was talking about the horror films. You can always do that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I could do some horror films, yeah. Isn't Atlanta, like, huge for filming nowadays? Like, I always yeah. say made in Georgia. Yeah, it is, man. It is. Like, in our neighborhood, they film a lot. Like, we, they film a lot in our neighborhood. Like, all the Marvel movies and stuff. It'd be awesome, man. But, I mean... I mean, they, they'd probably love to have you. There's no reason why not. <laughs> but uh, so you so you moved to Atlanta and then you started picking up some jobs. And then I love the story where you talk about like you like you said, people from the community were helping out, but you still needed to get like all when you're trying to get uh, your first shop together, City of Ink. You said literally there's no floor, all this stuff. So you basically. Uh, you were going through D.C. and Baltimore to raise cash, and you were sending that back. Yeah. Man, and I didn't know people knew who I was. <laughs> I mean, you gave what about Usher. Was it yeah, his first tattoo? Yeah, but it was like I was still like this beginning of like social media and yeah. stuff and all this stuff. So it was like, I think it was like at first when I first started getting online, like I had a website like before anybody was really doing websites back in the days. I had a website mm -hmm. in the 90s when the internet first came. And I got, you know, I, I was selling t-shirts and merchandise and paintings and art from there. But um, then I remember like Yahoo message groups and forums. I was joining everything I could find online. And instead of like, I was showing my art, nothing more, you know, while everybody else was talking and, you know, debating and all these things and forums, I was just showing art. And I would kind of got me where I needed to get, you know, that like, how can I reach people in L.A.? How can I reach people in London? You know, that's my whole thing. I like I always looked at it like locally, if I didn't focus on the city I was in and focus on how could I get someone from another city to, you know, spend money with me in some way, then I, I got something. The rest of the city will support me when they see everybody else supporting you, you know? Yeah, no, that makes sense. Yeah. So that's why I always focus. I never kind of focus like. We was focused on like the art scene in Atlanta, cultivating it. But when it came to my personal income, I always focused on making my money from people from other places. Because everybody liked to visit Atlanta anyway, you know? It's yeah. like a good place to get away. But my whole goal was to really try to make some money in London. How can I make money in Paris? Yeah. And and the best thing about being in Atlanta, as you probably know, is isn't it like the uh, uh, airport, like the busiest airport in the world? Yeah, it's really, yeah, it's an international place. Everybody come here. So it's a you know it's a stopping place. Yeah, I I think yeah. it's like the biggest the biggest hub. I, yeah, at least I know it's in the United States. It might be the world, but I'd have to double check that. Um, <laughs> I don't know. But uh, no, I I love the story about how you first started. Basically, everyone was bringing stuff. Like you needed to do electrical, you had a guy for electrical that could come. Yeah, everybody chipped in. Everybody chipped in. We did city ain't. Everybody chipped in. Like we was in there working our butt off. I would send money back. Uh and my manager Samba at the time, he would just start working on the building. Everybody would come in and we would just work on it. I'll throw up floor plans. Whatever we had we could afford, we did it. You know? 
Yeah. Like, dang, we don't have enough money for hardwood floors. So what we did was we stained wood and made a checkerboard hardwood floor out of just, you know, wood panels. Yeah. You know? And we just made it work. And it looked clever. It looked like a clubhouse in there, you know? And yeah. people dug it. it. But it wasn't, some of that stuff wasn't really intentional. It was just that what we, what we could afford at the time. Yeah. It's it's funny yeah. how you don't, you do you don't think about the floor like when you're yeah. when you get a place and you're like oh doesn't have a floor yeah it's like oh we got to buy a floor when do you ever have to buy a floor yeah that's, exactly that's so we had to build it up from ground up you know yeah so a lot of your work focuses on like identity race and social justice but how do you, i mean how do you work that in to like your artistic well i don't really do it in my art um I like, I mean, my art is kind of psychedelic, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, it's like trippy. Uh, it's more a fantasy of dream, a mix up between dreams and emotions. Um, I think the work I do speak for itself in the community, you know, so I don't really try to, you know, like if I'm physically doing the work, my art is my escape from the work I'm doing in the community. Does that make yeah. sense? Yeah. Yeah. Like a lot of artists get political message and stuff like that. I know a lot of artists that do, you know, like political art. But they don't really do any political stuff, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, yeah, you know, yeah, yeah. Like, they like the artwork is is they only active, you know, the stuff they do is the activists. Mm-hmm. Me, I don't, I just do it. I do it and don't really talk much about it. But I really live it. What I say, how I feel politically, I I, I create a world for that. And mm-hmm. then my art is my escape from from all that work. <laughs> yeah, makes sense. And yeah. do you feel like you doing that now with? Uh... Your, your shop and basically supporting people upcoming artists do you feel like you're kind of giving it back what people gave to you when you started out uh city of ink yeah i mean i think i do my best like right now i'm working you know with peter street station the, the project which is next door to city of ink it's just uh, um you know like i got this is my last set of apprentices of my career and i've been having apprentices since 97 so this is my last set of apprentices so I can focus on, you know, my own stuff and, you know, live life a little bit and enjoy it. But, um, yeah, I mean, that's all I do. That's all I've been doing my, most of my life, I think, is just training and teaching and trying to do my best with my community. Because I really, like, I can't work. You know how, like, if as an artist, you got to clean up before you paint or to, like, if you're a writer, you know. You Clear your mind, before. yeah. You got to, yeah, like, you gotta blank be a, slate. Yeah, clean a clean studio, right? But okay, now my studio clean, but then I walk out and my neighborhood is not clean. You understand? So now my mind is expanding past the rooms I'm in, the walls I'm in. I want to change my block now. Now I want to change not just my block, now I want to change my whole community. Now for my community, I want to change my whole city. You know? So it's like, I don't know. Maybe I'm living in a a chase that I can't fulfill. You you sound like like, a politician, actually. Like, you know, politicians, (laughs) they start off in the community. They work up to councilman. They're like, I can do this. Then they work up to governor. Yeah. But my whole thing is just to get my, like, create an environment I can create art in. You know what I'm saying? And other people can create art in. Because I know if I can create art in it, then, you know, there's multiple artists in the city, then they can create art in it, too. So, I mean, that's my only focus. You know, I wouldn't want to probably run for no city council or anything. People ask me, but this is not really my thing. You know, I smoke too much weed. And uh, I like to have my fun, man, you know? Yeah. yeah. See, I mean, that sounds like a good, uh, what do they call that? When they say their spiel, like their politician spiel, This that's podium. <laughs> yeah. Um, 
So you've worked with a, a number of high profile people. You mentioned Usher. You mentioned, did you do any outcast? No, I didn't do any outcast work. No. Mm -mm. No. But, I know the people who did the covers and stuff like that. You know, friends of mine. But yeah, I mean, no, I never worked with cast. They okay. seem around. But speaking with like artists or other people you've collaborated with, what's what's I guess the biggest collaborator that you've learned something from? I would probably say a collaborator. It might be my partner Tuki Carter. Okay. Yeah, like Tuki, man. Me and him worked the longest. Oh, my dog is tripping. We and my dog, <laughs> me and Tuki worked together the longest. And like what we built together with City of Ink is like I learned a lot from, you know, from that. And then like just working with him for so many years as tattoo artists together and painters together and illustrators together. You know, I don't know. We used to bounce energy off each other. You know what I'm saying? I don't know if it was yeah. a learning thing, but it was more of a like I, I can be inspired because he keeps me fueled up. We bounce energy off each other. This you might know sound, I, I don't know if you like Dragon Ball, but that sounds like a Goku, Vegeta type vibe. Just Oh, word. That's dope. <laughs> I don't know. I don't watch it, but yeah. <laughs> but... It sounds like a rival just trying to make you better and better back and forth. Yeah, yeah. Just throwing stuff at the wall at each other. Yeah. I always compare it like people compare us to like individual world, like Outcast, like Big Boy Andre. Mm -hmm. You know? Like you want to see outcasts together do stuff. You know what I'm yeah. saying? They yeah. dope on their own, but it's always dope when they doing stuff together because they can make history, you know? Yeah. So every time me and Tuki like do some stuff together, we do it, it's it just be crazy. So so I think I have two last questions before our, our big ender. Oh, no uh, what is you talk about semi-retiring, doing your own like solo work. Yeah. What are you going to do with all that? Obviously, it's going to be art, but do you have anything in mind? Because I feel like everyone who starts to kind of slow down, they always have something in their mind, like something that they're envisioning that they want to take on. I, I know you said your community, but anything specific? I'm really, I'm really into interior design, man. Like, I love taking abandoned buildings and flipping them into something beautiful. So that's what my thing is, man. I can see doing the rest of my days because it's like all the art forms together, right? You know what I'm saying? Like, if I'm doing some interior design, like I take a bad building and I design like the perfect art studios, but you need a common room and library. Like, I love to design this stuff, man. You know? Did you and do that with Peter Street? Peter yeah. Street? It looks yeah, great, man. honestly. I was like, this is like, it, it kind of remi reminds me of a facebook but it's in like oregon you know like it's really relaxed and like yeah. just where you can smoke a lot of weed that's what it seemed like to me it yeah. was just like good vibes yeah yeah it's good vibes man artists can come and really just create and be themselves. Mm -hmm. you know like it's a safe private environment you can come and create you know it was an extension of city of ink because city ink is a street shop so all the stuff we can't can't be smoking weed in the shop we can't drinking and stuff like this but and I mean, it's Peter Street Station's private. You can go and do your thing, you know, and create and have peace and not worry about a bunch of people walking in on you, you know? Yeah. So it was like a I salon did, vibe when I saw it. Yeah. Yeah. It was like a, it's like a, like a whole thing is like the decor, you know what I'm saying? I really focus on the decor of the place. Yeah. No, yeah. It, it was great. I was yeah, we like, got stages. We got a, we got the musicians come, and it's an experiment. Like we always call it the Peter Street Station experiment because what happened when you put like a group of tattoo artists, then you get some painters, some illustrators, 
then you get some photographers and you know videographers and and then you get some musicians and you put them all in one room and see how the energy bounce off each other. And the whole goal is to see how many different styles of art is created from the energy bouncing off each other from all these different disciplines of art. Yeah. Those, it's really good, man. Like, that sounds you awesome. Like, like on Wednesday nights, all the jazz musicians and, the, and the, the, the musicians come and it's a vibe that's like, I can, I can hear the horns from upstairs. Man, I can vibe all night to that, man, and create some energy because I know it's live. It's people, they feed out the energy of the people downstairs. And I'm upstairs. I can hear the whole thing going on, man. I can create all night. Yeah. It sounds like artistic synergy, basically. Yeah, like, exactly. And yep. and super relaxing, especially if you well, depends what kind of what kind of beat for the horns. Every, yeah, <laughs> every night is every night's a different thing. Wednesday nights, like Monday nights is like uh spoken word. Tuesday nights, all the painters come. Wednesday nights is the jam session with all the musicians. And then you got um, Thursday nights is comedy. Then Friday nights is film nights. All the independent filmmakers in Atlanta come, screen their films. And then uh, Saturday, we have different DJs come to. And then Sundays, we do figure drawings. What are figure? Oh, is that like uh, like the new models come to? Gotcha. That's what. Yeah, and yeah, and they draw, and, and the artists get a chance to draw them, and then the proceeds go to the models. That's awesome. That's yeah. awesome that you have every day. That is something that's like, I just, never mind. I was going to say something stupid. Me and my wife started meal planning and taco Tuesday is now <laughs> on the menu. Uh, but that is awesome though. Like just having a schedule like that schedule, but like combined with everything else, it's just like a melting pot. That's cool. Yeah. Yeah. Cause I want to be like, if I say, cause I want to stop tattooing for a while. But when I once I got these apprentices, um, which was like some of the apprentices helped me build Peter Street Station, uh, I couldn't stop tattooing. You know, I had to teach them how to do it. And I'll say if I do tattoo, I want it somewhere that I can really if I'm going to be stuck doing that for that many hours a day, I got to have everything I love, like books. I like a library in there. I got a coffee house in there. Yeah. I want to go downstairs and do pottery and sculpture. I got a pottery room downstairs, you know, yeah, the art, the art gallery. So it's like I got all these different ways to not get bored. No, that's great. Yeah, sculptor, painter, uh, filmer. What what are the other big ones that I, I don't <laughs> want to leave out? Obviously, tattoo artist. A dad. I'm a dad. There you go, dad. Yeah, <laughs> I think uh, that's what's important. I, I just do stuff, man. <laughs> I, I like it. You just like like I said at the beginning of the interview, you're just like an open book. You just go with whatever suits you at the moment which is awesome yeah it's just yeah, like whatever whatever brings me joy and happiness is what i'm about right now man do you, and right now yeah i'm I'm just loving what I'm, I'm just loving everything i'm doing right now i'm having a good time do you like tattooing as much as you did 15 years ago no 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 i don't there's less like with tattooing the energy when i was younger was competitiveness you know like this artist is super talented out here but the older you get, the more, you know, you're like, your style, your, your taste in art changes. And I want to see artists like tattoo artists to evolve the same way painters evolve in style. You know? Yeah. yeah. You know, like you'll that. see an artist, you know, like Picasso go through all these different periods. Most tattoo artists, they just do a style their whole life. And then that's it. They just doing tattoos. And then, like, I want to see artists really take it there, like, really mix the fine art and, uh, 
on skin. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Experiment a little bit more. Because that's when it come in, like, you know, like, I'm like, dang, that guy's talented. That guy's talented. Oh, she's super talented. But then you'd be like, okay, what's the, what is the gamble? Like, they're not taking, I know skin, but you don't have to, you know, like, technically, you don't take gambles on technically how to do it. But style-wise, you can experiment and do so many different styles. And right now, it's just like, it's not that many different styles of tattooing. And then when I do see a different style, it's influenced by like me or somebody that I that I mentor, you know? Yeah. So it's like, ah oh, man, just you know, no. I did that in the nineties, so I did that in the early two thousands or something. And yeah. I'm like, man, you know, I wanna the whole thing was to see someone create these new styles to keep me motivated. So right now it's like I'm just working on my apprentices. So it's like if the master teaches, you know, like teach a student to kill him. Yeah. You know, I'm ready for someone to take me out the game, but I can't top tattooing until like until I see more styles develop. Okay. You know what I'm saying? More artists take more chances and experimentations and go through periods and people really organizing tattooing the way it's supposed to be in my in my mind. You know? Like would, fine art, like periods. Would what would you say about I guess your periods? Like right now I'm doing a lot of um like a lot of people like the OG classic Maya stuff with the big eyes. Mm-hmm. You know, like a lot of people love, still love that stuff, but I don't get a chance to do it now because a lot of people like my abstract stuff. But also some people like sacred geometry stuff or the spiritual stuff I do or the warrior stuff I do. You know what I'm saying? So I do yeah. all these different styles, but between them, I'm just trying to experiment and create even more styles between those styles that people like from me. Do you feel like being on skin restricts your artistic talent for tattoo artists where you basically have to put real estate on a person's body rather than a, a normal painter where it goes on a canvas? Um, I don't feel restricted with my clientele, but I can understand how another artist, if you didn't cultivate your clientele or the early part of your career, how mm-hmm. you could be caught in a cycle. Yeah. You know, I remember... I like everybody else wanted my OG work. I just had to stop doing it. Like, hey, I don't want to do that style no more. I did it for 10 years solid. I don't want to do it anymore. I want to do something more abstract and, you know, different. And, you know, and it, it took a lot of people to follow me and trust me that, that it's going to look good, you know? Yeah. No, I, yeah. I get yeah, that. Yeah. So, yeah. So, I mean, I don't know, man. It's tattooing is different. I don't feel restricted with my clientele, but I can understand how some artists can. And sometimes I do feel restricted. Sometimes I'm like, hey, I like this style. What if I'm not feeling that style today? You know what I'm saying? Like, I want something really spiritual, but I might be feeling a little dark. Yeah. You know, or somebody, you know, like, it might be somebody saying, hey, I like your OG style, but you might don't want to do a style you did a long time ago. You want to experiment and take it further. Yeah. You know? So sometimes you got to dumb it down Sometimes uh, you got to give the people what they want. So it's not always pure freedom. Yeah. You know, even if it's my style, I still could be a slave to my own stuff. Well, maybe that's why you did uh, Peter Street Station, because you could do you could still tattoo and do what other people wanted. And you could still do you could go downstairs. You could do a, a nice vase. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. That was like your yeah. your ADD layer of art. Yeah. You can do whatever yeah. you wanted, but still. Yeah tattoo some people who walked in every now and again exactly that's awesome man i feel like a lot more people need that too <laughs> yeah yeah man i'm that's trying to great. i'm trying to package it up and and, and put it out there <laughs> oh, package great. it up there put it in your city on your block you know <laughs> yeah. last question what is something that your parents did 
that you'd like to pass on to the next generation, your kids? And what's something that you'd maybe want to add on or do a little bit differently than your parents? Well, my parents, man, were really, really open-minded. They didn't judge people. Mm -hmm. So, like, someone can be, you know, having a problem mentally or drug addict or this or that. My mom didn't care. She would let any, she treated everybody good and everybody was welcome if they need a place to, like, we didn't turn our back on people. Mm -hmm. And I, and that's something I want all my children, my grandchildren to keep like, you know, make sure that your fellow man is and fellow woman is taken care of, like your neighbor. Love mm -hmm. your neighbor like you would love your brother and your sister. And um, but at the same time, what I would change differently is don't make their your their problems your problems. Mm -hmm. You know, because some people want money from you, but love is all you really owe. Yeah. Set boundaries, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Have your boundaries set. Like, don't make sure, like, you know, if someone keeps getting in trouble financially with money, then and you give them money, money, you just pacifying them. They're not gonna learn from them. They're not gonna learn anything, you know? Yeah. And that's something I probably would change. My mom was always trying to save somebody. And it was just a band-aid. You know what I'm saying? It's not yeah, truly it was, healing. Yeah. It's yeah, it's, I would I would change that. I was like, look, man, I'm gonna show you how to fish. I'm not going to keep fishing for you. Yeah. You know? I like that mythology. Uh, there's this new thing called, I always talk about this, but uh, doing dangerous things carefully. It's like letting your kid, I don't know, walk on the fence, but you're there yeah. just in case they fall, but letting them, let them go. Yeah. Yeah. No, that's <laughs> awesome. Uh, just to close up, is there anything uh, you're working on that you want to promote or anything like that? Well, right now I'm, I'm about to start a commercial, you know, real estate company where, you know, like I'm going to be designing these um, perfect art studios to run out. That's awesome. What's, what <laughs> yeah. do you have a name for it yet? Not yet, man. I got well, I got the company's name. It's, it's just going to be Bailey Commercial Properties, which also means building culture and pride. Oh, I Being, like it. You know, like, you know, A, B, you know, uh, B, C, uh, okay. P. <laughs> okay. It sounds good. Yeah, so what I'm going to do is just really be making sure that, you know, like, artists got good places. I've seen a lot of art studios, and they not, like, the people who build them usually don't be artists. So, like, they don't really know what the perfect art studio should be, you know what I'm saying? But, you yeah. know, so I really know, like, I know how to build an art studio. Like, I know how to build a perfect one. Yeah. And uh, I want to be able to have, you know, rent it out affordable for artists that need a place to create artwork outside of homes. Yeah. So it makes sense to maybe have like a little sound suppression between the horns yeah. and the filmers and like, yeah, no, I totally get that. And I mean, yeah, I'm talking about whole, you know, like the whole, they got their own spaces, you know, yeah. and I'm willing to give, you know, artists, some artists storefronts, stuff like this. Like this, I just want to be a landlord. No, that <laughs> sounds great. I mean, basically yeah. you could have all, I mean, you probably already do this at Peter Straits peter street station but basically all the studios upstairs and then on saturday sundays you have like a little brunch coffee shop like hangout type vibe just to bring on all the yuppies and you know yeah yeah and let the artist buy get some direct art contact. Yeah. yeah get direct con artists to awesome. buy it artists to buy your thing i'm just trying to get out the way yeah no but you, you already know, know how to just, do it you know the infrastructure yeah. Like yeah. you, you know what works, what doesn't work, and how to bring in the buyers too. Yeah, that's like yeah, the thing, main thing they're looking for. Yeah, my thing is right right now. My number one thing is creating systems. You know, like a lot of times we depend on people and staff, which realistically you can spend a lot less time on that if you just create systems. 
Yeah. And that's what I'm doing right now. I'm like creating systems to free myself up where I'm not have to be physically there to do anything. Yeah. No, that makes, I mean, from my experience, I've, if you make an efficient system and as long as your input is somewhat decent, you can keep it running no matter what, depending oh, on yeah. what it is. No, that's great. By the way, thank you very much for doing this. I, I know I mentioned this before we started recording, but there, there's a special place in heaven or whatever you believe after uh, death for people who are at your level who volunteer for podcasts. So I, oh, I appreciate man. that. I, it's all good. Now, I learned, so I'm going to tell you why I do these things. So you ever seen the, the Tupac Resurrection? No, I haven't seen it. So it was a it was a documentary that came out. I don't know what year it was. It was a long time ago, but he narrated. It, it was narrated by him. But they did so many interviews about what Tupac, they, they had so many vocals, they could put it together to document and tell the story through his own words. So yeah. like the Nina Simone documentary, too. That is awesome. That's my theory, man. When I'm out of here, man, I hope y'all can chop and screw it right. Well, that, that means you've <laughs> got to say a bunch of uh, unusual words, too, that you've never said before. So you got to make sure you go through Flamingo, Butterscotch. Yeah. So make sure you got all the words. Yeah. You don't you don't want them to have to fake your fake your voice for some Yeah, yeah. Then they got now they got um yeah, now they got um what's it the AI, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, yeah. You know, yeah, they can use the whole voice and do what they want to with it now. Yeah, you're not wrong. You're not wrong. But uh thank you again, sir. This was great. And it's I was, an honor, man. I loved researching you. I mean I've never seen somebody so open about their life. I was like, this guy is amazing for podcasts. Like, oh, I really, really appreciate open, it. Man. Interesting beyond belief and just humble. But anytime you need me, man, I'm down. I'm cool. That's awesome. Yeah, no but, doubt, man. Yeah, maybe, maybe after a year or so of doing your interior decorating, you tell me uh, interior design. You tell me yeah. what you think. I'd be honored, man. Maybe I'll come up with a Homes Goods product. Yeah. <laughs> yeah i mean yeah i'm trying to think last time i was in there it was a long time ago but they gotta come you gotta come check it out man you gotta come check out some stuff right now we got a uh, one of the artists that work at peter street station full time is taz she mm -hmm. got her art exhibit up right now she's hot okay and then andrew got a, a he got the a festival next month it's mm -hmm. the, uh it's black and asian culture art mm -hmm. music uh festival Okay. Yeah, yeah, man, I'm pretty excited about it. That's great. Thank you very much. Well, thank you, man. It was an honor, man. No, it was an honor. Peace. <laughs> See ya. If you like this week's episode of People More Interesting Than Me, please follow me on Apple Podcasts so you won't miss out on more episodes like these.